Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. If you listen to our last segment of this episode, although on Anchor it's kind of a little screwy the way that it does segments, parts, and episodes. It doesn't make things clear. It doesn't make it uh, cut and dry of uh, how you want to do it if you want to create another segment to the last episode or if you want to create a new episode. It just needs to have, a, uh, if they want to have it that way, it needs to have two little buttons, both that look the same. One says, uh, continue with the last episode, or uh, one that says, new episode. Uh, that way it'll be more clear. So hopefully Anchor will listen and uh, implement that idea. So um, bef- we were talking about turning lemons into lemonade before we were rudely interrupted by yet another dog attack here in Los Angeles. So if you like dog attacks, (laughs) then listen to the end of the last episode. If you don't like dog attacks, then uh, turn it off before it gets to the last episode. And uh, um, so um, obviously it's kind of difficult to uh, keep recording. I'd like to keep the uh, recorder recording through everything, but um, I can only handle so much. So uh, things that are life and death for me or life and death for my dog or uh, for both of us, um, it's, uh, uh, that's when you get to hear me uh, truly upset and emotional because uh, if someone's life is in jeopardy, especially mine, but also other people's, including friends, family, and pets, um, and strangers. If I see someone doing something very dangerous to a stranger, uh, it might be more difficult for me to notice it, uh, because it's always easier to notice something that is coming at you versus something that is in your peripheral vision happening far away with other people. Uh, But nevertheless, if it's happening right in front of me and if someone else is in danger, I will always uh, step into action uh, whenever it's possible unless I feel that my life is imminently threatened and I don't feel uh, secure. Uh, as I get older, that's pro- that may happen more often because when you're 90 and you've got to protect a uh, you know, 25-year-old from, uh, from somebody, um, it just it may not make too much sense <laughs> if you can barely walk without you know breaking a hip. <laughs> I'm 53, and now I can barely walk without breaking a bone. Uh, <laughs> not quite as bad as maybe the average 90-year-old lady. But um, so that's what happened in the last segment. Uh, this is could be probably the number one bane of my existence because I walk my dog every day for more than an hour every day, seven days a week usually. Uh, so the dog walking is a, is, a, is a thing for me in my life. It's how I, uh, my dog is like my number one relationship uh, to a certain extent because he's with me all the time um, and the other people who I spend time with, um, they're not sitting on my lap for you know eight hours a day. And uh, so that's why when the guy had uh, two small chihuahuas, which are cute, but they're not cute when they are running 
at my dog, and then there's a Doberman Pinscher buddy of theirs, um, you know, who may run at my dog next. So he had his, he, I think he had his Doberman, I don't know if it was on or off the leash, he eventually had his Doberman on a leash, but the Chihuahuas also need to be on a leash, because, um, it's hard to keep track of, um, three dogs, and, uh, the small dogs, they will be, uh, they will be injured or killed by people who let their pit bulls roam around with no leash, which, if you've listened or heard or seen other things that have happened to me and my small dog, then you would know that I'm permanently injured from having to fight off a pit bull. So, um... Let's get back into what we were talking about, which was turning lemons into lemonade. Uh, Besides the bad uh, dog walkers, the people who are letting uh, pit bulls run around and attack my dog. So for me, uh, not only do I spend a lot of time and uh, energy uh, with my dog, but I, uh, my dog is a, is a very, very aggressive dog who does not bite. So he puts on a very aggressive display. So if somebody has their um, fighting dog or guard dog uh, or other potentially dangerous dog uh, on no leash or not controlling the dog, then that puts my dog in extreme danger because uh, he, this is the kind of dog that, that suffers the most injuries and deaths due to these um, these bigger, these fighting dogs and, uh, and guard dogs like uh, Dobermans, Rottweilers, Pitbulls, Mastiffs, and the other dogs that were specifically created, specifically bred for fighting or guarding or other um, types of potentially injurious activities. So my dog was not designed to fight or to guard other than barking. Uh, the barking type of guard. Because he has no bite muscles. He, has, he does not bite. He can look like he's going to bite you and kill you, but he's still not going to bite you. Definitely not going to kill you unless you happen to be a baby uh, squirrel or a baby gopher. If you are a baby gopher and you're listening to this podcast, then you should be very alarmed at my dog and every dog (laughs) or every aggressive dog or every hunting dog. Um... So anyway, that's, that's just for the people who happened to listen to my, the last segment or last episode, whatever Anchor decided to call it or designate it. But I want to get into finishing um, the uh, lemons into lemonade. <coughs> and uh, I considered deleting my last uh, it had me cursing and swearing because uh, uh, of the situation, but I think it should be left in there. Uh, 
I have no idea if Anchor uh, demotes you or deplatforms you or um, ghosts you or uh, what is it called? Shadow bans you if you use any particular language. YouTube used to allow you to use any type of language without, uh, without anything, and now it just the censorship gets more and more and more extreme. And the problem with censorship is that it never, it's never reasonable. There's no such thing as reasonable censorship. Uh, the only reasonable censorship I could think of is, is just banning things that are flat-out illegal. Um, to me, that's reasonable. It's illegal. You can't do it. You'll be punished. You'll be potentially shut down. So if YouTube or anybody else wants to censor things that are illegal, uh, to me, that's quite a, uh, understandable. Um, but to anything else that gets censored, it's always unreasonable because it's always uh, wildly subjective. It's always every single person who looks at it is going to do something different. So YouTube hires like thousands of censors. Maybe they, I think they have tens of thousands of censors now at YouTube. And so each every person is censoring, trying to follow their rules to to some extent, but then they're all going to be interpreting it differently and all of their subjective um, goals and values are always going to be put in because um, there's no such thing as providing guidelines that make sense to everybody. And there's definitely no, uh, for censorship, there's no way to provide guidelines that... uh, are interpreted the same by everybody. That's the nature of censorship. That's what. That's just part and parcel to the reasons why there should be no censorship, except for things that are, you know, have been gone through a court process and determined determined to be illegal, pre, you know, already according to law, the books and case law. So censorship. Anyway, so that's censorship I mentioned because that was uh, the end of my uh, last segment. I had some choice words for the guy who had the Doberman and the Chihuahuas and uh, off of their leashes. So, um, ultimately it's up to me to protect my dog So, um, I'm going to move to a better uh, neighborhood, a more upscale neighborhood. I mean, the more, there's many advantages to hanging out with wealthy people that I've mentioned before. By the way, hanging out with wealthy people is entirely the opposite of my instinct and nature as a a person. Um, The reason why now that I'm over 50, that, uh hanging out with wealthy people, hanging out with uh, people um, that are financially and happy, healthy, spiritually um, well-off is because I've learned that that, I mean, even as a kid, you, you are told that who you hang out with matters a lot. 
know, if you don't hang out with the wrong crowd and all that stuff. And I've instinctively hung out with um, always middle-of-the-road people, middle class or slightly poor, especially if it's like a starving artist or just someone who wasn't brought brought up to be rich. Um, uh, Teachers, I've had a lot of friends that were teachers um, who were very, you know, so a lot of middle class people that I've spent most of my life with. And, of course, I've been middle class most of my life. And so those uh, connections... um, Anytime you listen to people who talk about success and increasing your wealth, increasing other types of success in your life, um, most of them will, will, will bring up that topic, uh, which is if you look at your income, for instance, and perhaps any other type of success indicator, um, if you look at your five closest friends, you're going to um, be looking at basically your level. So if you look at your closest, the, peop- the five people who you hang out with the most, they don't even have to be like closest chums, buddies, or uh, they're just people who you spend the most time with is going to um, what you could see as your income is going to be. And it's probably true, I'm, I'm sure that it's true with other types of success. The people who are who we hang out with, um, all five of them depressed, we can bet money that you are uh, more depressed than the average person. If you're ha- five people you're hanging out with were very happy, we can put money on that you are uh, as happy or more happy than the average person. If you are uh, hanging out with five church ladies who just love going to church and they're very satisfied uh, spiritually, the uh, chances are you are also a spiritually satisfied uh, church person or, uh, or something very similar. Um, so, Lemons and lemonade. So I was, um, I think I had pretty much finished the topic of downtown Los Angeles. Um, But I want to say, because I want to make sure that I talk about all the pros and cons of my own situation, all the skeletons in my closet, all the good and bad, and the results that I've gotten from various actions that I've taken and, and failed to take and failed taking. So, with the downtown Los Angeles crashing, uh, just before we got attacked most recently by the killer chihuahuas and the um, killer uh, Doberman Pinscher, I was going to say that uh, one of the first things that you do, it is the right thing to do when your income or revenue goes down, is cut your expenses. Uh, Another thing you could do instead or in addition to is increase your marketing so that you maintain the same, uh, spend more money to maintain the same level of of advertising, the same number of new leads, same number of new prospects and new customers or clients. 
And so that's what I basically have been doing is increasing the amount of money spending on marketing and advertising and other things involved in growing a business. So I've spent uh, tremendous amounts of money, uh, many tens of thousands of dollars, um, many, many tens of thousands of dollars. And if you add up the money that I could have put into other things, such as Bitcoin, I've spent about a million to two million dollars or, or more, possibly much more, on um, trying to expand the real estate business while downtown was slowly shrinking. And the, sh the shrinking of downtown and my potential customer base has been so slow that um, uh, plus, as it's shrinking, there's no way of knowing what is the, the time frame, really. But I, but I, now I, I predict that it's going to shrink. Um, it shrunk uh, 4% last year. And it's uh, so far it's on track for shrinking another 4% this year. And I believe it's going to shrink another 4% next year. After that, I project that it's going to level out, but... Um, but that's about the time that we think that we're going to have a stock market collapse, major sh shrinking of the stock market, uh, probably probably within a year or two years after. Uh, let's guess two years after Trump, like right in the middle of Trump's um, next term. And uh, let's say that it's really... Things are probably may get uh, bad for a few years after that. So, plus we're going into a type of federal uh, monetary operation that's sort of copying Japan and Europe. And anyone who has spent any amount of time checking into what uh, Japan economy and Europe's economy has been doing over the last. Uh, 20 years is not good. It's not good results. It's stagnation. Uh, stagnation at, really at, at best. So that's what the United States uh, sh should be most likely be seeing more of is, uh, is stagnation. Stagnation. So lemons and lemonade. So uh, so reducing expenses and uh, being smarter, learning. So f from what I've learned lately, and also while things are sort of going down financially, economically in downtown Los Angeles, um, I mentioned reducing expenses, so I'm still continuing to reduce expenses while at the same time um, increasing uh, and improving things that, that make that generate revenue that, in, that increase the number of leads, increase the number of uh, prospects, increase the number of uh, clients. So where are you going, Wuppy Puppy? Now, why is there enormous, huge boxes of food? 
just stuffed full. My dog really wants to eat this. It's like 20 pounds of Chinese food stuffed. I think some restaurants must be just after they close and they have leftover food, they must just be stuffing it in there and then leaving it and then leaving it right here. I gotta keep my eye open because I see people here and there's just box after box full of food now. It's a pile of rubbish which is gonna attract massive numbers of rats. Um, so anyway. I can't let my dog eat that. You never know what will be poisoned or unhealthy or harmful to dogs. Um, okay, so I covered uh, one of the biggest points of lemons and lemonade and a couple other important things in, in success. And uh, I, que- I question, I have to question that I make the right decision to invest a whole bunch of my Bitcoin into the real estate business, especially as the real estate business was uh, declining and Bitcoin is going into the stratosphere. Uh, it Was it smart for me to spend um, between a million and 10 million, maybe a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin on real estate? The answer is, in hindsight, it might not have been the best choice financially. However, uh, given the information that I had, it, it was the smartest thing to do. Um, not necessar- not because Bitcoin is so bad and risky, which, which ultimately it does have some potential downfall and certainly a lot of risk. But the main reason I invested so much in real estate is because real estate is, uh, I like it. And uh, real estate is proven and has enormous potential to make millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions. And to do it in a way in doing activities that are superior to Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin, you basically buy, you can buy 20 bucks, you can buy $20,000 worth like I did, or you could buy $200,000 worth, perhaps if you're wealthy. If you're very wealthy, probably that's how much you'd probably buy. Um, And then you just don't, touch it. You put it away, you let it go up to a large amount of money. By the way, that's one thing that I'm not sharing with anyone. I'm, that's the one, uh, t- two pieces of information that I'm selling um, because I'm the only person that has and presents this information properly. Maybe me and like one other person in the world, which I can't even remember who that was. <laughs> or like one of the writers for Forbes or the Economist or New York Times or whatever, wherever they came from, and they described Bitcoin correctly. They correctly described uh, Bitcoin of what are the economics of, of Bitcoin and so forth. 
So, uh, we can count on making enough money from real estate. Real estate is what allowed me to buy so much Bitcoin, so many Bitcoins, so much Bitcoin. Uh, was because of real estate generated that money. Real estate generated that extra, you know, that $20,000 of revenue that I was able to put into Bitcoin. And so it was obvious that um, since Bitcoin was a thing that generated, since real estate generated the money for the Bitcoin, real estate generated the Bitcoin for me. So it made sense to spend a certain amount of, of um, Bitcoin and put it back into real estate. And so I, uh, the question is, should I now at this point be putting more money into Bitcoin or cashing out more Bitcoin and putting it into dollars or back into the real estate business? And uh, so the answer is to do both, to keep putting as much money and time into real estate uh, and energy as possible and also put as much time, money into Bitcoin as possible. Not time, but basically put as much money into Bitcoin as possible. So real estate and Bitcoin sounds odd since I first mentioned real estate and Bitcoin together in uh, 2013, 2014. but um, Bitcoin and real estate together, because they're so different, they offer that diversification that most people want. Uh, however, diversification is kind of the opposite of uh, risk and reward. You get less risk and less reward when you, the more diversification you have. That's why... Um, funds that you put in your 401k most of them are putting into these kind of diverse funds and they are uh, they don't they don't always perform that great they've been performing great lately they perform great during these crazy run-ups I should maybe not crazy but extreme run-ups that we've been having in the stock market for longer than usual you know created mostly by the feds policies of of you know creating artificial bubbles uh, that's why we're gonna have I mean we would have a significant stock crash in the near future regardless but now that the Fed has been pumping like crazy the stock market artificially now we're guaranteed to have a huge extra huge stock market crashes whereas we might have only had small, medium-sized ones. Now they're going to be large and extra-large um, or mega. So, after Trump is like halfway done with his next term is when we'll probably have a something between a large and a mega crash. Uh, then, of course, the Republicans will say it's because of because Trump is, is leaving. And then the Democrats will say that, you know, Trump caused it in his... Uh, due to his six years in, in office. Um, but that was enough politics. 
I'm trying to think of more lemons and lemonades for you. So we might have to go back in time. So I mentioned the one that was the most, um, the dogs. Oh, let's just take the dogs, for instance. The bane of my existence is people letting their dogs out to potentially harm or kill my dog and hurt me in the process. So how are we going to gain from that? Uh, number one, uh, so you have to, th so something that I, it, it's hard to, to know what are the lemons in that. You could probably think of it better than I can because you're not directly, it's not directly coming at you lately. So why don't you tell me what are the lemons? I'll come up with it eventually. So, but then the sooner I come up with what are the, what is the lemonade and, and just what is the silver lining? What's, what is the, to gain the advantage, the good part and the benefits of being attacked by these dogs and people who let their dogs run around. Well, there's inherent good things because most of them are not attacking my dog. Most of the dogs are friendly to my dog. A lot of them are small, friendly dogs that my dog can uh, benefit from interacting with. And so I'm just off the top of my head, the benefit of this is that it's, uh, it's going to change the way that I walk my dog. Currently, because I'm in a spend less, mon less money mode, uh, econ economizing mode, I've been walking my dog every day to the park where he kind of drags me. Um, so I could make a choice. I could just keep doing that and maybe... Uh, I'll probably get some hiking boots to make it easier to kick off attacking dogs uh, that are attacking us without without breaking my toes. That I, I will do. Uh, I may get a weapon. The problem with a weapon is that uh, the weapon ends up being uh, used on you either accidentally by yourself, accidentally by someone else, or purposely by somebody else. Um, in LA, you can't have a, a gun or anything like that. Um, I've thought about carrying a taser, but the taser does, does not affect dogs most, most of the time. Uh, a dog that's really dangerous, those are, those are the only dogs that will not be scared away by the taser. They'll, they're too busy uh, biting, chewing, and harming, killing, and mutilating, and they don't, they're, they're not going to be too scared of the, uh, of the taser. So, uh, let's see here, um, come, come, all right, so, lemonade, talk more about lemonade. What else is there to talk about? Uh, let's just go back further in time. One of my first memories was uh, my mother, my, my birth mother, genetic mother, and my stepmother, my new stepmother, because this is when I was three years old, 
So it was a new stepmother, and then my mother was uh, basically uh, uh, arguing, yelling, and then uh, fighting, physically pulling each other's hair out uh, when I was three. And I believe I started, I think I even remember crying. I was only about three. I might have only been two, two to three years old. So, what is the benefit? What's the lemonade in that situation? Um, most of the time, my parents were good parents and uh, not pulling each other's hair out. So, um, I, but I see more negative in uh, parents being too. Uh, too physical, but maybe uh, there's probably some positives in there. Uh, like just, I mean, like being more successful. You have to be aggressive in a way that is very productive. So you got to be able to identify. Okay, my mother and stepmother are physically fighting and tearing each other's hair out. The aspects that there are aggressive aspects to that. When you simply take that type of uh, that level of aggression and turn it positive and turn it into uh, helping people, uh, improve people's lives, making a tremendous amount of money by using that same level of passion, that same level of energy. Uh, if you can be as passionate helping people and as passionate uh, making money, uh, giving money to charities, uh, as you might be passionate in defending yourself or uh, attacking someone who you think maybe deserves retribution. Fortunately, I'm not much of a retribution person. Um, I, uh, if someone is directly attacking me at that point, I might think of retribution for a few seconds or a few minutes. But other than that, I'm not... I don't, I don't think about retribution, so I'm glad about that. I don't think about um, getting even with people. Uh, very little. I don't think about being jealous or coveting what other people have. Um, again, very, very, very little time and very rarely do I feel any kind of jealousy uh, like that. So I'm glad I have those basic traits. Because there's people that no matter what they do, they cannot help but be extremely, insanely jealous and insanely coveting what other people have or what other people are doing. So that's, you know, everyone has different characters and different challenges to their character. Um, and I'm glad, and for me, hello, there's a whoopie friend. There's a cute whoopie friend. Do right, you want to take home the whoopie friend? Hi, whoopie friend. See Oh, wants to be a whoopie friend. You want to bring home a whoopie friend, huh, Judy?
Where's your cute lovey friend? Yeah, I'm gonna pet the lovey friend. Hello. There he goes. See you later. All right, as you can see, any dogs that approach get my undelighted attention. <laughs> um, that one was a friendly little uh, chihuahua wearing a vest. A vest wearing a harness. Harness. Um, I think I've kind of talked through what I needed to talk through, and hopefully I left you with some helpful aspects of turning the lemons into lemonade. There's basically millions, <coughs> thousands, millions, perhaps billions of things that, that go wrong or things that are uh, counteracting your, your goals, counteracting your, uh, what you're trying to achieve. Uh, I think I mentioned a lot of them. Um, Bitcoin goes up and down. So let's just leave it with that. Now, Bitcoin goes up and down, and so people say, oh my goodness, it's so volatile. So the volatility makes Bitcoin not worth it. The, big, the volatility makes Bitcoin not good, or less good, or not as useful, or more dangerous. Well. There's definitely some truth to that because the more volatile something is, it, it does make it more difficult to, especially to use as a currency uh, that you shop with every day because it, just by nature of the currency fluctuating every day causes, causes the prices to fluctuate uh, wildly. So that's true. However, turning the Bitcoin... Uh, fluctuations, the volatility, turning that into lemons. Fortunately, I'm pretty good at economics. So uh, for me, that's very easy, very, very easy. Whereas other people might see it as something that's like difficult or insurmountable. To me, turning Bitcoin volatility into lemonade is very easy. So I'm going to share that one with you uh, because because it fluctuates so much whenever you're buying it when it's low. Because buying anything low and then selling it high is how you generate profit. Well, some people would say, oh, I don't want to generate profit. Well, <laughs> chances are that you're not hunting your food, you're paying for it. So, yes, you do want to generate profit, everybody. Everybody, if, as long as it's easy enough. Um, so buying low and selling high. And guess what? Volatile means that it's going low and going high even more often, which means that you could make that profit even more often. All right? And I do want you to email me because there's something you need to know, which is like, when should you eventually sell a Bitcoin? So I'm sort of leaving on with a, with a sales pitch, but it's best for, forget about that. When you're making as much money as possible by buying Bitcoin low and selling it high, remember one thing, which is to buy it low again when it drops again. That's what most people fail to do. And then after it shoots up high again, 
then they buy it, and then they're buying high, and then selling low. Um, you don't want to buy high and sell low. So uh, that's why I want you to email me so I can tell you when you're buying low, when you're selling high, and when you're going to sell out completely because Bitcoin is going to eventually have sort of a, um, it's going to have, Bitcoin is eventually going to have a, uh, a time when it should be sold. It's going to have this, what's called a, it's called a tulip mania. Tulip mania. A tulip mania effect. So that's why I want you to email me, just so you could be in my, um, receive the newsletter, the Bitcoin newsletter. And that's going to include when to buy, when to sell, and when to sell off. When, when to sell out. All right, I'm Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. You can call me 562-980-6013 or email me Corey at CoreyChambers.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y. Corey at CoreyChambers.com. You take care. Bye-bye.